Hey, everybody. I hope you had a good Christmas. It is back to the grind with NFL talk. We've got the Kings and the Blazers tonight. But I want to first start with the uh, 49ers. Uh, listen, they got their they got their doors blown off. Okay. The Baltimore Ravens came into Levi Stadium and made a statement. And not only that, you have Trent Williams, who underwent an MRI today on his groin, still waiting the results of that. If the 49ers lose Trent Green for any part of the postseason, they're in trouble. He is as valuable as anybody else on that team. You saw what happened to the 49ers during their three-game losing streak when they didn't have Trent Williams on the, on the field, okay? So, you know, it's amazing how quickly things can change in the NFL. Everything's going great. You're sailing right along. And then, boom, you get smacked in the mouth. You lose a couple of key players, lose a couple of your offensive linemen. And then you're like, uh-oh. Now, all of a sudden, you have to go on the road where you should beat Washington with no problem. But you don't know who's playing. You got the long trip. You're coming off a bad performance. So, boy, can things change in a hurry in the NFL? I still think the 49ers win their next two games. But I'm not so sure about that Rams game. If that's a huge game for the Rams and you have a couple of players that are not on the field, namely Trent Williams, that's a big factor there. All right? That's a big factor. So that's about as bad as it gets for the 49ers last night. That's about as bad as it gets. And Brock Purdy, you know, listen, the, the four interceptions at – the first one was bad, all right? The others were deflected, crazy bounces. But that first interception, bad read. You know, that's a bad That's a bad read. So that was Jerry Reynolds, by the way, calling in, just letting you know. I should have taken the phone call. I don't know if that would have gone over the app, though. All right, so we got the uh, NFL out of the way. Because that's the game I wanted to concentrate on. I mean, you could talk about the Chiefs, too. They're not going anywhere in the playoffs. They're a completely different team. I mean, anyone think Kansas City would beat Baltimore right now? Uh-uh. All right? All right. Kings tonight, healthy. Alex Len is available. Malik Monk is available. They start a three-game road trip where they go to Portland tonight, then Atlanta, then Memphis. By the way, guess who your player of the week is in the Western Conference? John Morant. How about that? All right? So if you want to talk Kings, we can do that. They start a three-game road trip coming off a 4-2 and two homestand. And we'll have the pregame with Ryan and Sacktown, halftime show, postgame show, as the Kings take on the Hawks. All right, or the uh, Blazers, then the Hawks. Then the Grizzlies. Who wants to be my leadoff person on this Tuesday? All right. Let's get to Connor. Connor, been a while. How are you, buddy? It's good to have you on the show. Doing good, Grant. How are you? I'm good, buddy. Yeah, I know. It's been a while. So I wanted to kind of talk about some things that have happened recently. And what do you think about the L.A. Dodgers spending a billion dollars on two players? And do you think that they kind of have to win the World Series this year? 
No, they don't have to win the World Series this year. Uh, they obviously have to win some of the World Series during the tenure of those players. I think it's bad for baseball. I think it's a bad contract for sports. And I think that it really is just separated once again the haves and the have-nots of Major League Baseball. Yeah, I totally agree. I just – I don't understand why – why doesn't the MLB have, like, a salary cap? It just – it doesn't make sense. I mean, I know I'm a Yankees fan, and the Yankees usually go out and get whoever they want, but it just seems like it well, doesn't Well, they, they don't have a salary cap, but they have a tax system where, you know, teams that – our tax teams pay the – the, the non-tax teams, but it's still a very uh, uneven playing field. And it is what it is in baseball. It's a shame. You know, it really is. And I, listen, I've been through this for many years with the Yankees. And I always felt that many of the World Series that they won, to me, it didn't really feel as special as some of the other championships and for the other teams I root for because of the inequity in the salaries. Yeah, that makes sense. And kind of switching towards the Kings. It seems like two of their biggest problems this year are when they play on back-to-backs and when they have those two games in a row against the same team like they did with Houston, L.A., and New Orleans. What do you think? I know it's a problem, but every team has those. Why do you think the Kings struggle so much? That's a great question. I don't even know. What, you know, it's not only are they losing, they're, they're not even competitive in these games that we're referring to. There's no excuse you know, especially the home games where you don't have to travel like the other night when they played Phoenix and then offensively couldn't even score 100 points against Minnesota. It's it, it, There's no excuse for it. Plain and simple, there's no excuse for it. 0-4 on the second night at back-to-backs, and they're getting blown out on all those games. So, you know, it's why I can't really take the Kings seriously. I think they're a good team, but I, I don't think they're anything more than a good team. They're a team that strictly wins when they shoot well, and lose when they don't because they can't they don't have any other way to beat you when they're not making shots. You know, Minnesota didn't shoot the ball well at all the other night. They were just as bad as the Kings were, but they they can beat you with defense. They can beat you with other things. The Kings can't do that. Yeah, the Minnesota game, no Carl Anthony Towns, a back to back, but yeah. It seemed like they just they had that late push at the end, but it was too little too late. They have to play better from the tip or else they're not going to beat contenders like Minnesota. No, and they better not lose Malik Monk or De'Aaron Fox because you saw the Kings the other night without Monk that don't even score 100 points. We saw what the Kings did this year, you know, without Fox. So, you know, they, they, they also have to be lucky on the injury front. That's for sure. Yeah, and one guy I've kind of been looking at since he used to be on the Kings was Bogdan Bogdanovich. And it seems like when I look at the games that he's played recently, it seems like he plays really well and he comes off the bench and he's had a lot of high-scoring games, gets a lot of assists. Do you think that he could be a target for some of the contenders in the trade market? No question about that, assuming that the Atlanta Hawks would be willing to give him up. But uh, I agree with you about Bogey. You know, I've been following him. Uh, I'm friends with him, so I root for him. And uh, the Kings will be seeing him in a couple of days. I mean, he's really, really playing well. You're exactly right. I'm, I'm very happy for him. You know, he's um, he's always been a good player, and this year he's more than a good player. I mean, he's averaging, what, 18 points a game. He's shooting 46%. Uh, he is a guy that you have to guard. He's a very good passer. He's got a high basketball IQ. You know, again, it's really hard to believe still that the Kings allowed him to leave for nothing. 
You know, I still think that was one of the big mistakes that Monty McNair made was allowing Bogdan to leave for nothing. I mean, the guy is a, a heck of a player. He's a heck of a player. Yeah, he sure is. And the last thing I wanted to talk about was you mentioned good teams. What is it with the NFL? It seems like in years past, you had teams like the Chiefs, the Eagles, that were just pretty much unstoppable, and you knew they were going to go far in the playoffs. But this year, I don't even know. There's so many teams that even the good teams seem to have a lot of problems. I think, is it the Ravens that are the team to beat right now since they had the big win yesterday? And they're the only team with three losses in the whole league. Probably, uh, but we were saying the same thing about the 49ers seven days ago, and we're not saying that this day, uh, on this on this date. So things change in a hurry in the NFL. I mean, Baltimore is 12-3, and three, and it's going to be a very interesting game coming up with Miami. I'm not sold on Miami. I, I'm really not. Um, but Baltimore, got to give them credit. I mean, 12-3 and three in a very balanced division with Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. They did get a break when Burrow went down. Pittsburgh's not as been as good as normal. You know, Cleveland's on their third-string quarterback, but still winning because it's a veteran and Flacco. But, yeah, I mean, you tell me who in the AFC is going to beat Baltimore. I don't see any team. You know, the AFC West is down. The AFC South's not very good. You know, if Buffalo were to get in and be on a run, if Buffalo put it all together, could they be that team? Possibly. But I think Buffalo's just been too inconsistent as well. Yeah, we're so far into the season now. You can start talking about the MVP race, and it's got to be one of the most interesting races in a long time because it doesn't seem like there's really that quarterback that's just wowing people with incredible nope. numbers. And I know it doesn't happen often, but could we maybe have a running back or receiver like McCaffrey or Tyreek Hill win it this year? You could. Uh, I still think that the you know it normally goes to a quarterback, and I think that maybe – with the performance that the Ravens and Lamar Jackson had last night, maybe he's going to be the guy that's, that's, it could be, but you know, right now I'd probably give the nod to Lamar Jackson, although I could see McCaffrey, I could see Tyreek Hill, but the, the problem, well, I shouldn't even say problem. You know, if Tyreek Hill plays this week and plays well, I shouldn't say plays this week, but has a really big game and the Dolphins win, yeah, maybe Tyree kills the guy. He's had a hell of a season. Yeah, no receivers ever hit 2,000 yards, and I think yep. he's he might have a chance to do that. And I think if you do something like that that's never been done, it's going to be hard. For yeah, but you gotta, to you got you to put the brakes on. You can't say that, okay? That there's never been a 17-game season until two years ago, okay? So, I mean, there was only a 16-game season not too long ago. I mean, for years and years and years – in the NFL, the Drew Pearsons of the world, the, the uh, uh, Lynn Swans, okay? Uh, again, that whole era of great, great receivers, they played 14 games. That's like people always talk about, you know, 2,000-yard rusher. Well, until you're doing it in 14 games, the record doesn't mean anything to me because O.J. Simpson did it in 14 games. So when you think about there's never been, you got to understand that the season keeps on getting longer, right? You now have 17 games instead of 16. Then you had 16 instead of 14. So when you talk about never been done, always keep that in mind, okay? Yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't think about that. Thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, no problem. That's all I got today. It's good to be back talking to you. Yeah, good hearing from you. I hope you're doing well. You take care. You too. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right, good stuff from Connor.
Uh, if you want to get in on the show, raise your hand and we will do it. Don't forget, uh, pregame, halftime, and postgame coming your way tonight as the Kings start a three-game road trip, Portland, then Atlanta, and then Memphis. You got to figure this has got to be the game without question that you can't slip up on. Hello, Dorian. How are you, sir? Hey, Grant. Great to hear from you, man. Hope everyone had a really great Christmas. Uh, I'm not much of a Christmas person, but I really enjoy hanging out with family and, and friends. So hope everyone's doing well. It's nice, it's nice to hear, Connor. Uh, hope you're having a great time at Sacramento State, brother. Those are some of the best times of my life. So hope you're enjoying campus and uh, getting your education on. Grant, um, do you think a couple of, you know, just an observation from the last few games that I've seen with the Kings. Do you think the Kings can be a little bit too unselfish at times? I feel like, you know, if Trey Lyles possibly would have made that shot, I mean, it's a two-point game. I just feel like there's just, I mean, it's, it, it, there's a lot of ball movement, but I feel like some guys are just kind of afraid to take the shot. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's very true. You know, I, I think particularly guys, they know when they have it and when they don't, but you've always heard the terms, you know, shooters should shoot, and eventually they're going to start making shots. But, you know, confidence has a lot to do with it, and if you're not feeling confident, a lot of times you'll make that extra pass. Yeah, of course. I mean, Malik Monk and Alex Len being available today, you know, the Kings are a full strength grant. What do you think the Kings, um, how do you, how, I, I, we haven't really seen a full dose of the Kings being at full strength. Um, how do you envision these next, you know, couple of games uh, turning out for the Kings? I think they can do a two and three road trip, you know, assuming that they stay healthy, you know, on this trip. You know, tonight I'm waiting for the final injury report to come out for Portland because they got a, uh, several guys. For sure. Uh, that are listed as questionable that could really impact the game. But, you know, Atlanta, the Kings have uh, historically not played well in Atlanta. And then oh. you have the resurgent Memphis Grizzlies after that. So yeah. you're going to need to be at full strength to win those games. Yeah, of course. I think that'll be a really great game. The, um, you know, the Memphis game with, with Ja. I mean, I don't yep. think they lost. They have, have they lost grants if this is Ja's been on the floor? Nope. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, it looks like they're kind of meshing together, and obviously he's a big piece of their team. So, uh, But nonetheless, the Kings got to take care of business today against the Blazers. So uh, thanks so much, Grant. Appreciate you, man. Yep. Thank you very much. Good hearing from you as always. Same to you, yeah, you know, we talk, about, we talk about Alex Len, Malik Monk being available, but you know, I want to know if DeAndre Ayton and Shaden Sharp are playing. All right? That, that's what I want to see. I want to see if they're playing uh, for Portland. You know, DeAndre Ayton's one of those guys. Kings don't have anyone that can really guard him. And if he comes in with his head on straight, you know, he, he can be a real problem. So, you know, if he doesn't play uh, for Portland tonight, that is a huge, huge uh, advantage for Sacramento. All right. Again, if you want to get in on the program, raise your hand and we will do it. Talking about the 49ers debacle of last night, talking about the NBA and anything else. Let's get to John. John, how are you? I'm doing good, Grant. Uh, first off, are you done with your Christmas shopping? Uh, you know what? Believe it or not, I am. Is that good? Is that good? All right. I'm uh, kind of surprised and happy for you and happy for the family. Thank you, buddy. Good Thank you, buddy. Way. I appreciate you. Oh, well, of course, and you are appreciated as well. Um, Okay, football was fun over the over Christmas over this last week. I mean, obviously my team is so schizophrenic. I mean, at least Miami's a fairly decent team, not playing as good as they were earlier in the season, but having that be a close game was pretty nice for me on the road. But my coach is a moron for constantly going for it 
on fourth early in the game. And I know I know they got that first down earlier, but they ended up fumbling at the one. Those three points would have changed, could have very, very well potentially changed the outcome of that game. And that's not the first time that's happened this season. Where I mean, three more points. Look, Grant, you're supposed to win by one, right? Isn't that what they say? Yep. I understand there are a lot of coaches that are doing that now. A lot of coaches are giving up points uh, to go forward on fourth down, particularly near the goal line. Yeah, I'm with you. That was a that was a big play in the game. No question about that. Oh, and it was so damn early in the game. And, you know, like like I always say, you got to play well at the end. It doesn't matter as much as in the beginning, because in the end, if, if you guys are surging and playing well in the end, that's when you got to win it. That's when you need to take yep. it. But man, being so stupid at the beginning of the game, like to me, it is freaking stupid not putting points on the board, especially when it's zero zero. Got to break that scoreboard open a little bit. You know what I mean? So a lot of the yeah, you know da- Dallas to me, Dallas is one of those teams. They don't have other than the home win against Philadelphia, which they they weren't playing well during that stretch. The Cowboys don't have a good win all year. They haven't beat a good team all year. And now let's see what happens this week. When they take on the Lions, who just clinched the division, Dallas, of course, is a perfect 7-0 at home, but they haven't won against a good team. They've had a cupcake schedule. You know, they beat the New England Patriots. They beat the Jets. They beat the Giants twice. All right. They beat Washington twice. I mean, you know, I can go on and on. They don't have any wins against good teams this year other than Philadelphia, and that was at home. So I don't really know what the Cowboys are because – they haven't proven it this year on the field. Yeah, you're talking to someone who agrees with you, and it, you know, it. It's sad to say. And well, I agree. I'm a little different. You know, some of the bad teams we did blow them out. So there, there's some solace in that. That you know, against shitty teams, they haven't been really close games. However, on the road, we are just we're there's different yep. people under the helmet or something. It's it's just mind boggling to me. Yeah, and I should correct myself. They 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 haven't beat Washington twice yet. They play yeah. Washington next well, week after that. the Detroit I game. You, uh, I thought you were. Uh, well, whatever. It's not important. But the, here here's the exactly. important part. Okay, here here are the games that they've lost. All right, they lost at Arizona. They got blown out at San Francisco. They lost at Philadelphia. All right, they yeah. got blown out at Buffalo. They lost at Miami. All right, here are your wins. Yeah. Okay, Giants, Jets, Patriots, Chargers. Rams, when the Rams were so-so, Giants at Carolina, Washington, Seattle was a decent win, although that was a close game, 41-35, and Philadelphia. Yeah. They, they really they don't have a signature win on their schedule. And, you know, may, I think if they win against Detroit, I consider that a, the, probably their best win of the year, other than the, the home Philadelphia game, because obviously it's a divisional game. I would say that would be their best win, even over Philadelphia, because Philadelphia they have not over Philly. Been playing, I know, but not over. I can't not over not over a team that was in the Super Bowl last year that was ahead of you in the standings, uh, who's in your division. That is true. That is true. I didn't take into account the the Super Bowl last year. So, but you know, we're we're really close on there. I mean, it it hurts me to say it, but man, the Cowboys they they just haven't haven't been able to turn the corner, get over the hump, whatever it is. But um. As for the game tonight, man, the Kings all healthy. Yes, I think they should score 130 points. I mean, I agree. If it's not 130, it should be 128. You know what I mean? They should, they should just get to the freaking rim at at all costs. And if they give up more than 120, I'll be surprised. I think they'll win by 10. 
10 or more. And I think they're favored by what two or well, two and a half. If DeAndre Aiden, if DeAndre Aiden and Shaden Sharp don't play, I think the Kings will blow the Blazers out or they should. Yeah, you're right. And I heard you talking about Aiden. That dude is a handful and he's something, someone that we just simply don't match up well against. Kind of like Carl Anthony Towns. For some reason, we just don't match up that well against him. And well, Carl Anthony Towns is an all star. He's an all star. I mean, you know, there are a lot of teams that don't match up with Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. Yep. You're right about that. But hey, this is why we're playing, Grant. And hey, Merry Christmas yeah. and to everybody. Merry and Christmas. it was great hearing from Connor again, too. Good good job, young man. Great call. And um, we'll talk to you later in the week, buddy. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. All right, so the Niners, you know, again, can still be the number one seed. And, you know, if they win both their games, they're the number one seed. You know, they could do it this week. If they go on the road and beat Washington because of the tiebreaker situation. But I'm telling you, man, how quickly things can change. How quickly things can change in the National Football League. You're rolling right along. Everything looks great. Then all of a sudden, you get beat badly and you lose a couple of key players, namely, your all-pro starting left tackle, who's having an, had an MRI. I'm still waiting to see the results of that. You know, the good news is he wanted to come back into the game, and they didn't let him. Thank goodness they didn't let him because he's too valuable to have a, a more of an injury. But I thought that was interesting that he wanted to come back into the game. And, you know, MRIs to me, my experience of being in pro sports – that, that part of testing has changed. MRIs now are like Advil. You know, you, you literally have a minor injury and they give you an MRI. It's unbelievable to me how many MRIs are administered throughout the course of a season in pro sports now. Oh, it's slow. Let's get an MRI. Oh, let's get an MRI. Let's get an MRI. It's incredible. The imaging... They give these imaging tests. They give the MRIs all the time in sports. Like I, I'm shocked. about. Uh, I've always been blown away by how many MRIs are administered over what appear to be minor injuries. Of course, they can't diagnose whether there's a tear, whether there's this, whether there's that. Oh, let's go get an MRI. I don't even know if Trent Williams can fit into an MRI machine. That's the other aspect. I'd like to see Trent Williams get on that table and have him rolled into that tube. Uh, that, I, that would be very interesting. That's for sure. You know, if you're claustrophobic and you're Trent Williams, oh boy, that would be an experience. Imagine Trent Williams getting in to one of them small. Have you ever done an MRI? You know what I'm talking about, right? It's like you can barely fit in that damn thing. How, how does Trent Williams fit in that thing? You could get stuck in there. Now, that would be freaky, all right? You get on that table, all of a sudden, they go, okay, we're going to send you back. And then all of a sudden, you start going into that tube. And then you're done. You know, knowing Trent Williams, they got to pull him up by his feet. 
that would be an experience seeing a guy like Trent Williams get it get get into the MRI tube. That would be something. All right, again, if you want to get in on the program, do so. Uh, we've got pregame with Ryan and Sacktown coming up, halftime, postgame show, all coming your way as the Kings start a three-game road trip uh, in Portland. NFL, down to two weeks, all right? And some big games coming up this week. One is Detroit at Dallas. San Francisco at Washington is now all of a sudden in week 17, a very big game, very big game. All right. Buffalo's got to keep winning. Atlanta's a, there are a lot of big games. Atlanta and Chicago is a big game, right? Rams have to win at the Giants. You look at New Orleans and Tampa, big game in that division. Jacksonville's got to win. Miami at Baltimore, big game. Baltimore can lock down the number one seed. Pittsburgh at Seattle, big game. A lot of big games this week. A lot of big games. All right, again, if you want to get in on the program, raise your hand. If not, we'll wrap it up and get you ready for uh, Ryan and the pregame show, which is coming your way in one hour from now. And then we'll follow it up with the halftime show uh, and the postgame show. I wanted to let everybody know, because of the Christmas holiday on a Monday, Sean Salisbury is going to be coming on with me tomorrow at 3 o'clock. So we'll talk NFL. We'll also uh, preview the uh, NCAA playoffs, which, of course, are coming up on New Year's Day. Looking forward to that. All right, let's get to Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Hello, how are you? Hello. Good, what's going on? Um, Nothing major to talk about tonight. I know it's not open forum Wednesday, but uh, the Detroit Pistons tonight may lose their 27th game in a row. They were up uh, by like 13 early in the game, and now the Nets, I believe, are ahead by like six. Do you have any perspective on that? And uh, I know you broadcast the Kings games in the past where they were really bad. Any, Any insight you can add to that, if I may ask? Yeah, uh, I was with the Kings when they lost 43 consecutive road games. All right, 43 games they lost consecutively on the road. Remember, you only play 41 a year. So we went more than one full season without experiencing a road win. I've been through all kinds of losing streaks. I haven't been through one of this magnitude that's consecutive, you know, overall. But uh, it sucks. It's bad going through it. Uh, Everyone makes fun of you. It's... It's it's no fun. I can just tell you that. I do have very good perspective because I've been through a lot of losing streaks and I've been through a record that will never be broken ever again in the NBA, in my opinion. And that's a 43, you know, game losing streak on the road. But uh, yeah, I have, I have perspective. I've been through a lot of bad stuff. No question about it. Yeah. All right. Hey, I have nothing much else to add. It's good hearing, hearing you and I hope you're enjoying your holidays. Thank you, Grant. Thank Thanks, you. Grant. You too, Patrick. Yep, you too. You know, speaking of that, some good games in the NBA tonight. You had the Timberwolves are at the Thunder, all right? You had the Grizzlies, who are in New Orleans. They beat New Orleans in John Moran's first game back, so they're back there again. Uh, Pacers are playing the Rockets. I'm not giving you the scores because these are all early first quarter. Uh, but that game that Patrick's referring to, uh, the Nets lead the Pistons in Motown 63-57 to with uh, 10.45 left in a third. So, again, 63-57, the Nets uh, over the Pistons. All right? So, don't forget, halftime show, 
post-game show, pre-game show with Ryan in Sacktown. Good to catch up with you the day after Christmas. Good to talk a little NFL. Don't forget tomorrow, Sean Salisbury. All right, we got our show at three, Jerry Reynolds at four. That's all tomorrow over on my YouTube channel, if you don't like that. Have a great holiday week, everybody, as you get ready for the new year. And again, so blessed to have you on uh, my various platforms. Appreciate you, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye now.